kings, Lord of lords. God, you are everything today. And today, God, we're getting it back. We're getting this thing right, Jesus, with you. Our, our area in the area of worship, God. It's all about you, Jesus. We're sorry for the things that we've made it. We've made idols out of other things, out of our jobs, out of our friends, out of family members, out of money, God. And we worship those things. But God, today, God, as a church, God, as a church, as a people, God, we're coming back to you. We're coming back to you, Jesus. God, honor our prayer. It's in Jesus' name. Woo. And God, before we close, God, as we share this word, God, God, I'm just a vessel. I'm just your mouthpiece. God, so I pray that you pour yourself out to your people. Holy Spirit, use me like never before. God, use us today to be a blessing to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Children, you may be dismissed for Children's Church. Now, everybody in the church gives Jesus a hand clap. Come on, we can do better than that. I don't hear nobody. Give Jesus a round of applause. Give him a good hallelujah. Give him a good thank you, Jesus. Yeah, glory to your name, God. There's none like to Come on, lift your praises in this place. Hallelujah. It's the highest praise. God's been good this week. He's been good this morning already. He's so good. And he's worthy. Anybody know that? That we serve a worthy God. He's worthy of praise. And he's the only one that's worthy of worship. Amen. So um, I'm just excited about preaching God's word this morning. I can just sense the move of God. I sense his presence. I sense breakthrough. I sense lives changing. I, I, I sense deliverance. And if you came here today for anything, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed, Jerry, because God's coming to do our awesome thing today. Amen. 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 So like, like Pastor said, let's remove all distractions. Let's buckle our seatbelts. Let's get to work for Jesus. So I, before I preach, so I got to give honor to the pastor of this house. The pastor of this church, Pastor Holt, for all giving me an opportunity to, to, to preach. You know, my mom taught me good manners. And I use those because people don't have to be nice to you. Amen. Amen. So let's give our pastor a hand because he's a great pastor. Amen. Amen. We need to encourage our pastor. We need to encourage Doing ministry is not easy, so we need to encourage him. So you see him and you email him and send him messages. Tell him how much you love him. How much you appreciate him. You know, that strength, it keeps his arms up. Amen. Amen. I want to thank God for the elders of this church, awesome group of men that pray for us, cover us, that bless me and ordain me to be able to come and be worship pastor. I thank you. Y'all give them a hand. Yeah, they pray for us too. They pray for the whole church. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate these elders. And then thank God for this staff. Wonderful staff. Our executive pastor, Jeff Wren, was in the last service. And the, the rest of the team, just awesome. Brother Aaron and Kevin 
you know, Stacy, Kathy, you know, all the whole team. We just got an awesome team, don't we, Pastor? Amen. So give them a hand. They, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they, they work hard all week long. So you guys don't see the staff meetings and all the emails that we got going on. and everything. Man, we're working. We're working to prepare and serve you, to serve you. And finally, I just want to thank my wife for being with me today. Come on, guys, give my wife a hand clap. She's sitting right here. Absolutely beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. Love of my life. I met her when I was 13, 14, and I couldn't let her go. <laughs> Been right there with me the whole time. And so she would be here a lot more often, but, you know, with the COVID things and, um, and some, some challenges, we, she just wanted to kind of be safe and so things to clear up. But today she just pressed her way. Because she said, I want to be next to my husband, and I want to cover him in prayer, and I want to cover him. So I say, thank you. I say, thank you. And I say, thank you. I might take you out after service. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into this word of God. I'm so excited about the last two weeks. Um, this is the climax of our series on worship. So if you didn't, if you were not here in the last two weeks, I encourage you to go and, and on, online and watch those services because Pastor Holt and I had conversations on worship. It was a conversation worth having. And we talked about worship and we talked about what, what is worship and worshiping in spirit and truth and all of those great things. And so today we want to approach that same topic, but with warfare in mind. How does worship work within warfare? What are we fighting against? You know, I think that we are clearly in times where the enemy is attacking the body of Christ. I mean, we look at this pandemic as a church attack on the nation, but trust me, everything else that's going on, people still go to work. I mean, God bless me. Have, some people have to go to work. Trust me, I understand that. But people are going to restaurants. I went to a football game on Friday night to watch my nephew, and there were no empty seats. But if you look at the numbers in the church, churches are only 35% of the people are only coming back. One third of the church has fallen off. The enemy knows what he's doing because the church is the only thing, a united church is the only thing that's equipped to fight this war. Amen? Amen. So he's trying to snatch our feet off one of us. But no weapon formed against us will prosper. We're going we, hey, we, to stomp the devil out. Amen. I mean, we're going to put our foot on his neck today. Amen. Amen. And we win. Because we can war. And Scripture um, supports that. So um, I want to I go into Scripture to show you what we're fighting, uh, fighting against. You know, some people say, oh, what are you talking about, Pastor Kirko? Well, Scripture supports that we are in warfare. Uh, even, before, even before this pandemic, Satan has always been busy. Ever since he got kicked out of heaven, he's been busy. And he comes to steal, number one, kill, number two, and destroy you. And you better know he's doing his job. He doesn't take a day off. But let's talk about it. Ephesians 6 and 12, um, it says, it reads like this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So when we read that, we need to read that really clear. You see me put up four fingers? It's more than just the devil, but we're fighting his whole crew, his whole horde, his whole army coming against us in, on earth and in the heavenly realms. Scripture says so. So you may be asking, Pastor Kilgore, how can worship help with spiritual warfare? 
Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read from verses 3 to 3 through 4. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Now, I'm a school teacher, so I have to make sure you get this. So we're going to go back and read it one more time, because if you don't get it, it's the whole week of fasting, the whole week of praying is a waste. You must get this. All right, so let's go back to 2 Corinthians. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our, as Christians, our warfare are not of flesh. We don't fight like the world fights. We did not like the army when they get the machine guns and the grenades and the tanks. That's not how we're fighting. They're not of the flesh. But our weapons have divine power. That word divine, godly power. Spiritual power from God to destroy strongholds. So you say, what are strongholds? What are strongholds? When Paul's talking about strongholds here, he's talking about a mindset. If you go ahead and keep reading that, he's talking about the way of thinking that's not of God's kingdom. A way of doing things when we're not obedient to God. So if your way of thinking is contrary to God's word, it's a stronghold. You know, God's word says that when we come to praise God, that we make a noise for God, that we praise God, we, we lift our voices. That's what his word says. But if, if your culture and your way of life is contrary to that, we have to change what we have to come into God's word. And so if you're having a hard time with it, it's a stronghold. But praise and worship helps tear those holes down, the strongholds down. You know, if you're a husband and you think you can have an extra wife, that's a stronghold. Honoring God tears it down. It tears down the strongholds. Worshiping God tears down the strongholds. When we have a mindset that worship is only about a song, that's a religious stronghold. Because worship is so much more than a song. And God wants to tear those things down. I believe that worship is one of the Christian divine, one of the, the divine weapons that God has given Christians to help tear down strongholds. When we talk about worship within warfare, and we, worshiping God is one of the things that God has given us to win this battle. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. So, before we go into the text today, let's do a little review. Pastor and I talked before we started the series, what we want, the reason we did the conversations, the reason we did this series, and you know, me coming on as the worship pastor here, we wanted that for, for not just Pastor and I to be on the same page, but the entire body of living hope to be on the same page. It's concerning worship. What is worship? So, we, so Pastor came up with a definition of what we're going to have, and it's scripturally supported, as worship here at Living Hope. Let's go through this. It says, worship is the exaltation of God through song, number one. Prayer, number two. Praise, number three. Physical expression, 
and ultimately through a life yielded to Jesus Christ. Let's do that one more time. I told you that teacher in me. We want to make sure this sticks to the bone today. No, we need to know this because when we come to worship at Living Hope, we need to know it's so much more. So much more. So worship is the exaltation of God through songs. We praise God. We worship God. We honor God through songs. One way. In our prayer life, number two, praise what we did just a minute ago, we begin to praise God, thanking him for his goodness and his mercies. And we begin to say, I heard somebody say, hallelujah. I heard somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And, you know, we begin to give God praise. That's what we do. Physical expression, the clapping of the hands, the waving of the hands. You know, somebody may dance for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Uh, and ultimately... This is, this is the key. This is the home run hitter right here. This is it. Ultimately, through a life yielded to Jesus Christ. Because we could do all of those other things, but if the life is not yielded to Christ, then it's a waste. Ultimately, through a life yielded to Christ. Jesus is my everything. He is our everything. The money that I have in the bank is yours, Lord. The car I drive is yours, Lord. The house that I live in is yours, Lord. The clothing that I wear is yours, Lord. These children that I have, they belong to you, Jesus. I surrendered life to God in every aspect. That's worship. So when we do sing a song, it's easy for our hearts to turn to him passionately because we know he's Lord. Lord, I mean, he's king. He's ruler of everything in this life. It's, it's his life. And he gave me a life to live, but it ultimately belongs to him. Today is a day, today is a day that we need to make a decision. We don't need to wait till tomorrow because tomorrow's not promised. But today we need to make Jesus Lord as a corporate body, as an act of worship. You see, I pause for a minute to let it sink in. Wherever you are, take a check today. Right in those seats, take that spiritual check. God, are you my everything and everything that I do? Do I really do that? Or even check this out. Even if I've been doing it, can I do it more? Can I give you more of me, God, more of me? And Paul supports this over in Romans chapter 12. He says, the least that we could do is make our bodies a living sacrifice. Because he's so good. So the least that we could do is make our bodies a living sacrifice. And when you understand sacrifices from the Hebrew and the Israelites, they were offerings. They brought sacrificial offerings to the altar to be burnt. But the best offering you got today is you. It's not a thousand dollars. It's not a million dollars. No, it's you. Because God knows if he could get you, he's got everything else. Can I get a witness? Amen. Hey, man. Now, I'm one of these preachers that you got to talk back to me. Come on now. We've come to preach together because we're going to work this today. We're going to work this word of God. We're going to walk through this thing together, and we're going to change together, and we're going to get better together, and we're going to come closer to God together. We're not just going to come to church and sit in here and leave out of here the same way we came in. Yeah. 
So no matter where your level may be, you may be saying, oh, God, I've been with you a long time, and I fast, and I pray. Guess what? Do more. Because you can't do enough. You may be a beginner and saying, oh, God, I don't know about all this. This man's telling me I got to give up my life. What? I got to surrender everything to Jesus. I don't know about all that. But today, the anointing comes to destroy the yoke. The thing, the bondage that's holding you back from saying, yes, God, I surrender all. God comes to remove that. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we have a couple of more points there. I want you guys to make sure you get whatever Kathy has printed out so you can go home and just chew on this word, you know, worship in spirit and truth. You know, it's not about a physical place. I just want, can I pause on that one real quick? It's not about a physical place. Man, when God's so good to me, if I have to get in that car and I, they, some people pull up next to me and I'm getting it. Mm, I'm all in Jesus. They're like, what's wrong with that brother? I'm loving the Lord. Hey, my worship music is going on and I'm just praising God because God's been so good to me that day. What? In my house. My house is a worship center. Amen. I have a prayer room in my house. And I go to God right there at the altar in my house. I don't have to wait until I get to church to worship God. I don't wait I have to wait till the pastor say worship. No, God's been too good. It's not about the place. It's about the heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I feel his presence in this place. And when he shows up, I have to dishonor him. That's what happens. I mean, I, I wouldn't have a guest come to my house and show up and not honor that person. Now, Jesus is not even a guest. He owns the house. Jesus, you should honor him when he shows up. And we honor him with worship. Amen? Nah. It's not about a physical place. Don't get it caught up so I can only worship God when I go to church. See, that's what happens. That's why when we come to church, a lot of us don't end up worshiping because we, we, we're cold. Like the freeze, like we've been in the freezer. But when you worship God at home and you worship God mm, all week long, when you get to church, you're on fire. You're hot. You're ready to go. You know, I mean, hey, the worship team is not on point. You help them get on point. You know what I mean? You begin to worship God because God is so good. Amen? Amen, amen. So it's not about a place. From our spirit to his spirit. Oh, my God. From, from our spirit to God's spirit. From our spirit to God's spirit. Holy Spirit lives on the inside. Gives us access to God the Father. And when we begin to worship, it's a spiritual connection. Again, let's go back to the definition. I want you guys to really get this definition because people, it's been a strong, people always think that worship is just say a song. And so when we mention worship and praise about the song, is a song going to do all that? No, not the song by itself, but a yielded life to Jesus Christ will turn your world upside down. You'll never be the same again. Amen. So let's go back to the definition. Definition says, Worship is exaltation of God through song, prayer, praise, physical expression, and ultimately through a life yielded to Jesus Christ. So when I go to work and some of the guys are doing some things that are not like God, and I choose to do the right thing, brother, I just worship God. 
Because I'm saying, hey, that's not for me. I'm going over here. And man, don't, I, I wanna, what, what, you want to really worship him? You tell those brothers, hey, man, God, what, you, know, you know, the Lord loves you, man, and he, he got a better way for you. You just worship him. Husbands, when we love our wives, like, tried our best to attempt to love our wives like Christ loves the church, that's worship. It's worship. Amen? Amen. It's worship. It's worship. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Let me move on to a little bit more review. Benefits of praising God. It repels depression. Isaiah 61 and 3. Depression is one of the largest attacks, and anxiety is one of the largest attacks that the enemy is using against the people of God today. I mean, our anxiety levels are all off the charts. Depression and stress are all off the charts. I mean, but God wants to do a lot more for you, and he wants to give you that abundant life that he promised. So in Isaiah 63, he exchanged. There's a spiritual exchange going on. There's an exchange going on today if you really want it, because he'll give you joy for your sorrow, beauty for your ashes. That's that exchange, amen? And, and then ultimately, it's right here. Worship, it invites God's presence. We see that in Second Chronicles. But it's something about the presence of God. Nothing like it in all the earth. When I'm in his presence, it's just like everything's all right. And it invites his presence. You know, it's fullness of joy. In them present, I have joy. You know, I have peace that surpasses all understanding in his presence. And not only in his presence do I have joy, but in his presence, it's destroy, his presence destroys the yokes. If we look over in Isaiah 10, 27, it talks about that yoke. And that yoke is like that ox, that yoke on the ox neck that's controlling heavy controlling you. When you want to do right, it pulls you this way. When you want to go straight, it pulls you to the left. You want to go straight, it pulls you to the right. That yoke, that's how the ox was when he was out there working the farm. That's what he's talking about, that. And a lot of us have issues in our life that feels like that yoke. Even today, some came in the door with a yoke on your neck. With a yoke in your life that's been controlling you and you want to do right, but you find yourself always going back. You find yourself always uncomfortable. You find yourself, oh, God, I can't. But God, I want to do right, but I can't. Because that yoke is just like squeezing the life out of somebody. But the anointing destroys the yoke. God's presence destroys the yoke. It breaks the yoke. So in Jesus, in his presence, there's liberty and there's freedom. That's joy. That's happiness. Anybody want to be happy? Try Jesus. I dare you to try him. Try Jesus. Now we want to go on over to just a little bit more. I want to show you some demonstrations in Scripture that demonstrates the power of praise and worship. Joshua chapter 6. The walls fell down in Jericho. Acts 16 and 25, Paul and Silas. 
and they're praying. One was praying, the other one was, was, was singing. Just, it fell right in our definition of praise and worship. Prayer is one stage of worship, and, and singing is another one. So praying and singing, worship's going on, and the chains loosen. And not only did their chains loosen, but everybody else is around them loosed. That's a benefit. And Daniel, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Hey! The lions then, understand now, that was the time when eating time. They, these were hungry lions. They threw them in there, but Daniel trusted the Lord. So you say, Kilgore, Pastor Kilgore, hey, Pastor Jonathan, hey, they, Daniel didn't sing a song. He sure didn't. But he trusted the Lord. That's worship. And when he trusted God, God closed the mouth of those hungry lions. Somebody in here today feels like you've been in a lion's den. I dare you to trust God. Mm, I dare you to trust God. God will close the mouth of the enemy on your behalf. Some people get so analytical sometimes, though. We think, like, is it real? I mean, can it really be that way? Can it really be that way? Man, that's old scripture. How can that happen today, stronghold? Because we're not believing. Any change that really starts, it starts when believing. Hey, Peter never walked on the water until he believed it. He had to believe it first. So if you're questioning it and we want to listen to all the things that this culture tells us to question our faith, and we live in a city where a lot of that happens, thank you guys for your ministry because we could shut that down. Give them a hand, Yes. Rich and his wife, they do an awesome job to shut the mouth of the enemy with that. Because in this city, everybody's going to question God. Is he really real? Is he ah, ah, but, but that's a stronghold. But when we say yes to the Lord and when we trust God, it breaks that stronghold. Because sometimes you got to have blind faith. Faith is, you don't see it. You don't know how it's going to happen. Peter didn't know how he was going to walk on the water. All he knew that Jesus was calling. Who is Jesus calling today? Who is he calling today? Is he calling you? Are you ready to go walk? Because as long as he believed he could walk, he walked. But as soon as he started thinking about it and started thinking that he couldn't walk, he sunk. But God. Oh, but God. So even though when he, when he sung, Jesus said, come on, son, I got you. Ah, he pulled him up. See, that's how God's grace is and that's how his goodness is. So good. He's so wonderful. He's so kind. When we fall and when we don't trust, he's still there to grab us and pick us up. So it starts with the mindset. We have to believe inside out, inside out. God's changed inside. A lot of people come to church. The pastor said everything's going to get better, but my husband still treat me bad. The pastor said that uh, I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field, but my bank account sure is empty. You know, uh, you know, you know what I mean? God said, God said, by your stripes I'm healed. And I still got to take this medication. Stronghold. Stronghold, stronghold, stronghold. And when we say yes to the Lord, those strongholds break. Because, hey, I... Hey, I work out every day. I promise you, I, take, I may take a break when they tell me to take a break, but I, I, it makes a difference. This morning, before I came to preach, I worked out 4 o'clock this morning. 
because I know I need my blood to be rolling, all right? But guess what? I have to take blood pressure medication. But when I take it, by his stripes, I'm healed. By his stripes, I'm healed. I'm not stopping believing God to heal my body of this blood pressure so I don't have to take this medication because I have to take it. Don't mean God can't do it. Don't mean he's not real. Don't mean that he won't do it. So stop that. Oh, my goodness, we just do that to God all the time. Oh, oh, oh no, 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 no. Maybe, maybe God didn't change your wife yet because you need to be changed. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. God's trying to show you something. You know, maybe your bank account is not full because you got a spending, you got bad spending habits. So God need to change your mind on that. You need to save some money. So every time you get paid, you put something in the bank account for yourself. You save up something. Maybe God's giving you strategies on that. But that don't mean God can't do it. It has to happen here. And when it happens here, then you start, you're able to lay hold on that thing. We talked about the Jericho wall coming down. They got the word from God. The word was passed down to Joshua, to the, to the Israelites. And they began to march around the wall. And they blowing the horns. And on the seventh time, they released the Shabbat. They released the praise. What happened with that? They had to believe the instructions first. Then they went to work in faith. Come on, you need to go to work in faith on your situation. You got marriage problems, get, go, go get some prayer, go some counseling. You know what, you got financial problems, go get some financial um, help. Get, get financial coaching, you got credit, go get your credit fixed. You know what I mean? God's still good, you got to go to faith because God said do that. And at the end, if you praise God, the walls will fall. That's because you're just making that step. You've been obedient to his word. Amen? I got to get on this one real quick. Then we're going to jump into today's text. We're still in this introduction, but it's good. <laughs> so, see, 1 Samuel 16 and 16 said, David played the heart, and the spirits that tormented Saul left him. Because worship is good for the soul. Better than soul food. I love my mama collard greens and, and um, dressing and mashed potatoes and fried chicken, sweet potato pie. Can't nobody do it like my mama. That's soul food. They say it's good for the soul. But when you worship, it's really good for the soul. It's good for your anxiety. It's good for your depression. It's good for all the issues that you have. It's soothing. That's a scripture say, is that not a bomb in Gilead? Is that not a bomb in Gilead? For the healing of the soul. So check this out. That's not, that's the bomb, like the medicated bomb. You know, if your back hurting, you can get some of this stuff called tiger bomb or whatever you can put on it. And it's soothing. It loosens up the muscles. Make you feel a little bit better. But the presence of God, you can smear it on you. <laughs> I mean, the presence of God is just like that. The presence of God like that. When you worship and get him, that's a bomb in Gilead. That's for the healing of your soul. Ah, God is good. Amen. 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 Come on, you guys got to talk back to me. I'm one of them preachers that you got to talk back. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's work. Let's work. I need to know you're on the same page with me that we're in agreement because we're going some places today. We're going places. God is good. He's good to the soul. He's good to the soul. He's good to the soul. Amen. Ah, so, so now we have arrived to 2 Chronicles. Mr. Jehoshaphat, this wonderful king. 
of Judah. Turn there in your Bibles. We're at the 15th verse, 20th chapter. And he said, listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you. I say, listen, living hope. And all of you from Athens, all of you that are not from Athens, all of you UGA students, thus says the Lord. This is what he's saying. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Now, thank you. That's the response to the word of the Lord. This battle is not mine. It belongs to the Lord, and I should worship him just for that. That's good news. Some of you have been fighting. You've been struggling for years, for months with issues. You've been trying to figure it out on your own. But today the Lord said that battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. God's got this. God has my back. Something about trusting God. Then he goes over and said, tomorrow go down, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ashes of Zis. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeru. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah, O Jerusalem, O living hope, O, o people of God, stand firm. Hold your position. We're in war. So you can stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Again, do not be afraid or do not be dismayed. Fear, that word dismayed is discouragement, discouraged. Fear and discourage is one of the biggest, two, or two of the biggest things that's on the people during this pandemic. People are scared and they're discouraged. Life will never be the same. Life will, oh, I don't know if we're going to ever get back. I hear that like a, so many times a day. Seriously. You, I mean, just from the students at school, you go on social media, people just discourage. That's a spirit of discouragement. And then people are afraid. Oh, the world's going to come to the end. Well, as believers, thank you, Jesus, because I'm going to heaven. We'll win. Do you know what I mean? We win. Why should I be afraid? Oh, my goodness. Why should I be afraid? Why should I be discouraged? He says, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed again. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. This is why we don't have to be afraid or discouraged, because the Lord is with us. The Lord's with you. Now, now, I'm just not this religious preacher that's telling you something because it's in the Bible or because it sounds good. I'm telling you with facts. The Lord is with you. This is facts. This is scripture. They, okay, when you read the Bible, come on, this is a plug right here. When you read the Bible and read anything, it's very, it's very important to understand the, the genre that you're reading because it helps with interpretation and application. 
If you understand the genre that you're reading, it helps with interpretation and, and, and application. So when we read the Bible, we're reading a historical narrative with theological points. So this happened a long time ago, and it's a story, but it has theological application for the changing and the pruning of our lives, for the betterment of us. That's why the Bible is always the number one seller. That's why it's been around so long. So when you read this, you can't read it as like, oh, it's just history, because that's what they're going to tell you on the campus, guys. That's what, it, oh, it's just history. Man, the devil is a lie. It's not just history. Oh, it's just a story. No, this is a real-life story with God application, because the, the scriptures were, were inspired by God. So when we say that the Lord is with you, and you understand that Jesus Christ came out of the tribe of Judah, and because he's our Lord and Savior, Whatever he got promised, we have those promises too. We're inheriting those promises. Whereas your faith, you have to believe that the Lord is with you. Let's keep going. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. This is his proper response to the word of God. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping Lord. After they hear this word, because this great enemy is on the way, too much for us to handle. It's going to take everything that was promised to us. You got to get this. The enemy is after everything God promised you. All of your joy, all of your peace, all of the abundant life that God's given you, your purpose, your destiny. He does not want you to do that because he knows you're a threat to his kingdom. And if you actually start doing the things that God created you to do, he's in trouble. So he's coming for you. But when we get this word of the Lord, say, I don't have to fight this battle because the Lord is with me. Proper response is worship. Worship in, in action. That's one of our definitions. You know, action, no. So I'm, I bow. And I begin to honor God. And in your heart, if you really believe that the Lord is with you, even though you may not be doing this physically, your heart should be bowed. It's humbling to know that the Lord is with us. It's good news. He's fighting the battle. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. All right, all right. So let's get back over here because this is a great story. Great. It's a great historical narrative with all kind of theological application. Ah, godly application here. And the Levites and the Kohatites and the, and the Kohatites stood up, to the, stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Another point, we told you the other week that praise is not quiet. It's not quiet. They, they got up with a loud voice. Can, I, can, I, can we make some noise real quick? That's a pause and praise God. Somebody praise God. My goodness, he's good. And we got a reason to praise him. We have a reason to praise him. We have a reason to praise him. We're just not doing a religious act, but God is good. His word says that he's fighting this battle for us. And if he's fighting this battle for you, you should praise him. You should say, thank you, Lord. Lord, I love you so much. God, you've been so good. There's nothing like you in all the earth. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost is on. Yeah, the Holy Ghost is moving today. He's moving. He's moving. He's moving. He's moving. Holy Spirit is in this place. He's moving. He's moving. Hallelujah. 
Oh, thank you, God. Come on, we got to get to the end of this story because there's so much more. And they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, which by the way means praise. It means praise. Judah's mom named him Praise because God blessed him with her. Even though the husband, he loved her sister more than him, she named him Praise. He gave him back to God. So Judah stands for Praise. And God, not only, not only did he get a name, he got a whole tribe out of him, the Judah. And then we understand that Jesus Christ is the Lion of Judah. He's the Lion of Judah. He's the Lion of Judah. He's the Lion of Praise. That means he's the king of Praise. So... Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. I'm going to say it again, because we got to get this. I told you to start, that stronghold got to be broke off the bank. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. You want to know if things are shaky, things going on, my life can't never seem to get right. I'm always in, I'm, I'm always out. I mean, I'm on one job one week, and I got another one another week. You know, it's just crazy in my life. Believe on the Lord of God, he will establish you. He will cause the ship to get right. Woo. Now, that's, this is the next part. If you really want to be successful, you don't have to read a success book. The success manual, it's right here. It's right here. It's real good because all they do is copy it from the Bible anyway, I promise you. <laughs> so here it is right here. It says it right here. It says it right here. Believe his prophets and you will, be, and you will succeed. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. Believe this word and you will succeed in life. You will be successful. Be kind to others. Love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Come on. Show his grace and mercy. Put, uh, love like Jesus loved. Jesus didn't love uh, himself first. He loved others first. And you will succeed. It works. It may not happen in your time. See, that's what us, we microwave nation. Throw it in the oven and the microwave is ready in three minutes. Three minutes. Let me tell you, good cooking takes some time. Good cooking takes some time. And that love, you can tell it when you have some good home cooking. You can feel all the loving in it, all, all, all the hard work in it, and all the care in that home cooking. It takes time. It takes time. It takes time. So wait on the Lord. And those that wait on the Lord shall what? Renew your strength and what? Oh, goodness. Say it. Say it, Jerry. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We'll mount up like wings like eagles and we'll soar. See, the eagle that soars, he's chilling up in heaven, you know. He's chilling up in the heavenly realms in the sky. He's just so, that's doing his thing. No, hey, that's how we would be if we wait on the Lord. Oh, my goodness, I need a whole revival or something else. Another word just hit me, Pastor, but I got to keep moving. <laughs> I just hear God. I hear God today. I hear God. And when he had taken counsel with the people, Jehoshaphat, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord 
a praise hymn in holy attire as they went before the army and say, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. That's the song that they sang. Who fights like that? That was kind of awkward. You know, I remember one fight I got in at school when I was in elementary school, got in the fight. The boy was talking about my mama. Don't talk about my mama. It's going to popping, right? You know, that's, that's just something that does, does not work. You talked about my mom. So we went to fighting. Fist fighting. That's how we fight. Mm-hmm. That's how we do it. But in this fight, instead of going out with swords and shields and, and, and all of that, cutting off heads, that's what was normal for that time. Instead of doing that, they went out and sing a song. And what is wrong with these people? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I know the people was like, they are crazy. They're up there singing that song. You know, and even when in Joshua, when they were marching around, marching around the road, who marches around the road blowing horns and yelling glory to God? Who does that? No, you should have been trying to break the wall down. That's the way we go with force. See, that's the problem. Some of you guys are trying to force this thing. Trying to force it. You're trying to force life. You're trying to force your marriage. You're trying to force your situations. You're trying to force it. And God said, just do the, do, do the opposite. That leads to my, one of my first points right here. One of my first points in the scripture, and we're going to get back over there in a minute. But one of them said, God fights for those who worship him. So why are you forcing and you sweating and you using all that extra energy and you use extra resources that you shouldn't have to use and all of that extra time you're just doing trying to make it happen on your own? Just worship Jesus. Don't forget the definition of worship. Prayer. So, man, you need to go to your prayer room. Singing a song, so maybe sometimes you need to sing. Don't forget those things. These are different parts of worship. Ultimately, a yielded life to the king. Maybe you need to give up some of your stuff to follow Jesus. That's worshiping. And when you worship like that, he fights for you. We don't have to be afraid or discouraged. We, we talked about that. We don't have to physically fight. We talked about that. We worship and God fights. You worship, God fights. We see that in the text. As Jerusalem began to, Judah began to worship, and they began to bless God, God went out and fought on their behalves. Next point. Praise and worship will confuse your enemies. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Praise and worship will confuse your enemies. You ever been in an argument with somebody who's trying to argue with you and you want to argue back? Shut the whole thing down. No, this ain't not even a good fight. Because you said, I love you, brother. I apologize. I'm sorry that went that way. And all of that anger, all of that anxiety, that's kind of like, whoop. You better try that right there. That works. I'm going to tell you another thing that works. Another thing that works, praying for your enemies. Praying for your enemies. Praying for those ones that you have a hard time forgiving. Hey, God, Rich was just so mean to me today. 
I mean, he really made me feel like I wasn't at home. I mean, he felt, made me feel like I was isolated. He rejected me, and, um, and he lied to me. But God, this is what I want you to do. Bless him like never before. Increase his territory. Bless his wife. Bless his children, God. Do good on his job, God. Bless his ministry, God. You anoint him even more, God. If you start praying for somebody like that, it's impossible to continue to hold a grudge. Absolutely impossible to hold that grudge. And some of you are looking at me like, Kilgore, you just don't know how bad they hurt me, and I can't pray for them. Stronghold. But the presence of God today is here to destroy that stronghold. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So some of us have to do that. I have a friend of mine who, who um, close friend, um, and she lives in Athens, and, and she had to forgive a man who murdered her daughter. No, he killed her daughter. And she said it took years for, that, for God to get out, condition her heart to forgive him. But when God, when God did that, she prays for this man every day, even though he's in jail. Don't tell me God can't do it when I know he can't. Mm-hmm. And say, God will amb- ambush your enemies and cause them to destroy each other. God will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies when you worship him. So the men of Judah, the men of Judah, they run down the hill whew, after they don't praise God. And they, try to, they see the enemies. And they all dead. All of them. Every last one of them gone. And they've killed each other, turned on each other. You ever had a thing in life and you're just wondering, like, man, that thing's so bad. I don't, and this is how anxiety starts, because anxiety starts like this. When you create an end to the, to, before you even get there, and you're wondering about all the scary stuff that's going to happen and all the bad things going to happen, you just said all these negative things to yourself. And so you ever did that before? But when you got there, it wasn't as bad as you thought. That's the truth. That's the truth right there. It, wasn't a bad, it didn't turn out as bad as you thought it was. Matter of fact, it turned out for your good. You see, worship, worship is, God is so worthy of worship because he's saving our lives. He saved their lives. Yes, he did. Saved my life. Still saving my life. I'm going to tell this real quick, and we're going to get, we, we about, we about to the end. But I remember growing up with, in, a, in a home where dad didn't allow us to go out because he was a pastor. He was like, y'all not going to the clubs. You're not partying. You're not doing it. Nope, 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 nope. So one night I got smart. And I said, I'm going out with the boys tonight. Okay, what did he say? You know, daddy was somewhere doing something, working an extra shift. So I got out with the boys. And I'm going to try this club thing out because I wanted to fit in. Let me tell you, Mom. I got to the club before I can get to the door. Bullets start flying. You should have seen a brother run. I mean, I'm running low. I'm quick. I'm moving out of there. You know what I mean? I'm running so fast. I was in a place I had no business being in. And God saved my life. And for that, I'll give him thanks. I didn't go back no more. Sure didn't. Sure didn't. A few years ago, my wife was really sick. Got to testify. Because we overcome by the word of testimony. My wife was really sick, and she was sick, and, and we thought she was going to leave this earth because the doctors didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was going on. We were doctor after doctor after doctor. I'm getting called at work. Hey, your wife's going to the emergency room. I come here from out of town traveling. Hey, come to the hospital. Your wife is in the hospital. Oh, my goodness. So fear hit me. Let's be real. I'm human. 
Fear hit my heart, but I let it stay there. Because that same resurrection power that's in Jesus, that rose Jesus from the dead, rose me up in my faith. And I start speaking the word of the Lord of my wife's life. And I begin to pray for her and speak in faith. And man, let me tell you, that day she's on her feet. And before we knew it, she was up doing things that she used to do. She's back running the house and everything, being that admin of my house, making sure the kids did everything they were supposed to do, helping them get scholarships. She was back at work. I mean, it, the attack that hit my house, that faith fight, because we stood in faith, God responded because we worship God and we honor God. God responded. And she's here today because God will respond. He will respond to those that worship him. Um, Russo, where you at? Come on over to these keys real quick because we're about to close. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. He's real good. Isn't he real good? Why don't you tell your neighbor that God is good? God is good and there's nobody like him. He's all of that and a bag of chips. Jesus is that. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Nobody like Jesus. Hallelujah. My last point. Worshiping God will bless you more than you can imagine. Hey, I wouldn't get, I, I put my plate back this week. I put some time back this week to share this word to you. I wouldn't have done that if I didn't really believe it and I didn't know God did it in my life. I didn't just read it. I've experienced it. Worshiping God will bless you more than you can imagine. You will have more than you can carry. When Judah went down after they saw the, the men dead, they went down together to plunder the, the riches, the jewelry. And all the good stuff. It took them three days to carry it all back. See, God specializes in giving you more than enough. Oh, yes, he does. I have scripture to support this. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And, that, and it happened in that way when we worship him. Peter trusted the Lord. He went back out to fish for more. Russo, play that heart of worship for me. Let's do that for me. And he went back. And he dropped his nets. And after he dropped his nets, he had so much that he had to call his buddies to help him get this in. The nets began to break because he trusted the Lord. dare you to trust him. He wants to give you more than enough. I dare you to worship him because he wants to give you more than enough. I dare you to just really give your heart to God because he wants to give you more than enough. He's a God of more than enough. So Peter gets to fish. And I mean, this is real worship right here because this was a payday for Peter. He's a fisherman. And he hadn't made anything that day. And he was probably wondering how he was going to take care of his family. I've been there. No, no, my wife and I got married 21 and 20. I can remember having 5 to $10 for the whole week, and we had a baby girl who needed milk and pampers. But God always made a way. 
He's given me more than I can handle. My baby girl has written two books. She's graduated with her master's at the age of 22. She's saved. She's on fire for Jesus. So Peter does this. Peter brings the fish back, all this money, and nowhere in Scripture does it say he cashed in on that. But what Scripture says he does, he leaves the fish on the bay, and he follows Jesus. That's proper worship. That's proper response to worship. That's proper response to worship. That's proper response to worship. As God blesses you, follow him. Live your life for him. Live your life for him. They didn't go without. God always provided. You won't, you won't miss out by going with Jesus. I know the world is saying do it one way, but go Jesus' way, and he will do it for you. Oh, my God, I thank you so much. This young lady right here prayed for me last Sunday. I don't know her, never had a conversation with her, never in my life. But as I was worshiping God here at the conversation, Holy Spirit sent her my way. And she grabbed my hand. In the COVID, I'm like, who grabbing my hand? You know what I mean? <laughs> we in church, you know? Like, but I felt the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I want to say today, thank you. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. And God still has so much more for you to do. And God still has such an anointing on your life. And the times that you spend on your knees in your private place, and in areas that you think the Lord may have not heard you, God said, I've heard her. And I'm moving on her behalf. And he said, I'm going to give her more than she can handle. I'm going to give you more than enough, says the Lord. Oh, God's going to, you're going to see those grandchildren come to Jesus. They're going to run to Jesus. I hear you praying for the grandbabies and they're coming to Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody worship the king. Somebody worship the king. That's proper response to his word. That's proper response to his word. It's worship. And what God is doing in living hope and what he's doing in this church and what he's doing in your life, because he doesn't do it in the church. It's not about the building. It's about the individuals. And what God is doing in here, a place that people have wrote off, a place that some people say it's dry. It's a dry desert. It's not there. God said, I'm going to shake up these dry bones. Hallelujah. In a place that looks like a desert, he's springs of worship, springs of water, fresh water, fresh renewing. There's a fresh anointing that's all over this place. There's a fresh anointing. You should worship Jesus just for that. God has sent an awesome staff. Let me tell you, Kevin, what God's doing with you, with the youth, is going to be so off the chain. I could talk about that because we could talk about you. Say it's off the chain. But brother, there's a fire on your belly. There's a word on the inside. There's a word and that's vision that God's going to cause freedom to come to these people in this area. These young people are going to bow before the Lord. God's using you. He's using you. So don't, you don't have to question, did I make the right move? Or is this right for me? This is time to walk on water. And God says, stand firm, hold your position, and watch me do it. Watch him do it. I know it gets hard. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. All over the building. We have to close, God said, but Jerry, let me tell you something. I got to move, Jesus. But Jerry, Jerry, 
Let me tell you something about you. Girl, God made you for him. God put a, a word in your belly. God put you on this earth for him. God said, I want to use you in all of your candy, in all of your charismatic ways, in all of the way just like you are. He says, I love you just like you are, and I want to use you just like you are. Because there's a people that God has for you. You have a heart for Jesus. And God said he's going to send everything that you need. Because you've been praying for something. I'm telling you, see, this is what God, God does not want you to be without. He said, with everything that you need, Jerry, get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. Because it's at your fingertips. Hallelujah. 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 All over the building. Hallelujah. 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 It's the highest praise. Come on, lift your worship. Begin to worship Jesus with me. Begin to honor God with me. Begin to do something for the Lord. Come on, stand to your feet. Begin to lift your hands to Jesus. God is doing something awesome in this place. There were two young men that sitting right here that came to me last Sunday and said, hey, brother, hey, man, we just want to introduce ourselves to you. We enjoy your preaching. I'm going to tell you, Jesus enjoys you. Jesus enjoys you. He enjoys you. Uh-huh. Uh, he didn't see, and you, you thought you came to Athens just for education at UGA. But God said you came to Athens for an encounter with him. He said, I sent you here for a godly encounter. And so, and so, and so when Saul had this encounter with God on Damascus Road, <laughs> woo, I see God changing your name. What people have said you were and what you're not, God's rerouting that thing. He's changing it because he's changed Saul to Paul. And he became a witness for Jesus Christ, one of the greatest we've ever experienced. Hang in there. Come on, let's lift this worship. Hallelujah. Say, it's all about you. I'm going back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing God made it. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Going back to the worship. See, it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. That's right, lift that worship. Sing that. Made it. And it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. Hey, this altar is open. Some people say, today I want to make it all about Jesus. I'm sorry for the things that I've made it. I've made mistakes, but God, I want to get it right today. So when you read Chronicles and the whole book, and you read the whole book of Chronicles, you see Samuel makes a covenant with God. Not, uh, 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 and, and he makes this, not Samuel makes this covenant with God. Uh, but there's a covenant made with God by the king, David's son. Yes, Solomon, Solomon, Solomon begins to pray. After they built the kingdom, 
after they build this tabernacle with gold nails and all of this stuff, they put all of these things in place. Solomon began to pray and he gave the temple back to God. And he said, God, as long as those, as long as we worship you, you'll be with us. We'll be with you. And God, when we fall back down, if we fall, as long as we repent, you will fight for us. After he finished praying that prayer, fire fell from heaven on the offering. And all of Judah and all of Israel began to worship. If you want to get it back right with Jesus today, he's going to honor that. He's honoring that. So come on down if you want to. It's right here. If you want to make an altar right where it's your seat, you can do that. But we're here to pray with you. We're here to encourage you. Amen. 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 Come on. Yeah. This is what this is about. You and Jesus is not about me now. It's never been about me. It's all been about Jesus the entire time. It's all about him. You and Jesus right now. You want to get this thing right? You sorry for what you made it? We made idols out of our jobs, out of our money, out of sports um, activities, out of famous people, out of uh, politicians. We made all these idols and we, we responded to their work before we responded to your work. God, I'm sorry. You want to make it right today. You want to get your heart right. You say, God, all my life I've never seen worship like this, and I just don't think that's right. I think something's wrong with that. But it's his word. And you say, God, I want to get, I want, I want to try you. I want to walk on water. I want to try you. Today is your day. The worship team is gonna sing this song about the victory in Jesus. Do you have victory today? Victory is yours today. Victory is yours today. Victory. God wants you to win. God wants you to win. Victory is yours today. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, worship Jesus. The head that once was crowned is crowned with glory now the savior knelt to wash our feet now at his feet we bow 